This isn't necessarily a service I provide to everyone, but house hunting consultation is definitely a service that sisters get in my family. This is a friends and family benefit that I'm getting, yes. This is the friends and family package. The only sister package. The my one and only sister advice, this is just for you package. Hey there, and welcome back to season four of Mid-Mod Remodel. This is the show about updating MCM homes, helping you match a mid-century home to your modern life. I'm your host, Della Hansman, architect and mid-century ranch enthusiast. You're listening to season four, episode one. I'm so excited to share today's guest with you. She's kind of a big deal to me. It's my baby sister, one Dr. KJ Hansman. She and her significant other, Kevin, are planning to make the jump from cozy, but, you know, cozy one-bedroom apartment where they've been living, playing with two cats, and working remotely at two pretty intense jobs for all of Quore to buying a house together. Since I've been helping KJ with every place she's ever lived, starting with her childhood bedroom, I plan to busybody myself into their first home purchase and remodel also. I hope you'll enjoy our sister banter in a few minutes. But before I get to that, a little catching up and podcast business. We are back with a whole new season of Mid-Mod Remodel, and I hope you've been managing to have a little fun with your summer amid the business and craziness that is 2020. I've been using my time away from the podcast to work. I took stock of my current and already lined up projects and realized I'm fully booked through the end of the year already. That's great and terrifying. By the way, if you've been thinking about reaching out to get some design advice for your home from me, now is the time. Get into the queue before it fills up even further. And if your needs are, at least for the moment, smaller, I can still help you sooner rather than later. It's pretty doable to fit in an hour of Zoom consultation into an otherwise booked up week. I like doing it and it keeps me fresh for my ongoing projects. So call with your questions. Or, more accurately, drop your name and email into the form on my website and we'll set up a time for a call. Looking forward to the fall and this next season of the podcast does have me pretty pumped. I started this podcast with the intention of creating zippy, helpful, short seasons of content that would help home enthusiasts like yourself answer questions big and small about remodeling mid-century houses. Season one was an introductory overview in modest mid-century homes and my philosophy of updating them well. Season two showed that you are ready to plan a remodel, basically whenever you decide you are, and provided a blast of helpful mid-century resources, tips for gathering ideas, organizing plans, and even decluttering before a remodel. Season three was a surprise crash course in getting your house ready to stay home in. Feeling the shut-in crisis myself, I prepared advice on making extra spaces in your house with nooks, creating a home office and study space, play space for kids, and what to do with the basement. I kind of expected the season to end naturally when the quarantine did, but we all know how that turned out. So I ended up feeling a little, read twice as long, longer than I'd planned. What can you do? Now we're about to get back to my original format. Season 4 is going to take a more big-picture philosophical overview of updating a mid-century home. Topics that are going to come up this season will include a more focused dive into house hunting tips for mid-century lovers next week, how to sneak a little sustainability into your remodel, what to do when you're looking at the spectrum between a vintage MCM time capsule versus adding charm back to a house that's been flipped and stripped of its original character, planning for an accessible update, and what to do with a yard of a mid-century house. I'll wrap up by advising you on how to create a customized style guide for your home to keep your design on track from start to finish. I'm really looking forward to sharing it all with you. We're kicking off today with a conversation with my sister, who is plotting a first home purchase. 
She and I have been talking a lot about this lately off the record, and I realized that many of her questions are the same ones I regularly get over Instagram and through my email from many of you. So I decided we should answer some of them into the microphone. I'm really looking forward to sharing it with you. Without further ado, here's me and my sister. So were you and Kevin always vaguely planning to buy a house from the first time you started to get serious about each other? I think that there was a part of me that believed that I would never be a home, a house owner, that I would live in a condo so that I could call a building manager if we had repairs to fix. And also, we had a very long driveway growing up. um, Yes, we did. And I feel like I've shoveled enough. So I was not looking forward to the sidewalk shoveling and lawn mowing that comes with owning a house. But I've come around to it. and I'm starting, especially pandemic is making me see the appeal of being able to walk out my door into my yard. Yeah, you guys, I have been really impressed by how the two of you have had two energetic cats and two very full-time jobs, plus all of your academic work as well, in a one-bedroom apartment. It's a nice place, and I know we fixed it up really nicely, but you guys have negotiated that amazingly during quarantine. But I think it's also, is it starting to wear? It is definitely starting to wear, yes. We are are eager to no longer ever set foot in our shared communal hallway again. And nothing against it. It's a perfectly uh, nice building, but it's it's going to be exciting to be in our own house. But, I mean, that being said, you know, we've done, we put a lot of work in right when we moved into this place to make it feel like our space in terms of decorating and how we laid it out and how we defined spaces in it much with the help and guidance of you, my lovely uh, design genius sister. But that, I think, has been a huge saving grace over these last six months of just feeling like we like the space that we're in, but even that has its limits (laughs) after a while. Yeah, well, I was impressed by your drive. I mean, I I helped you come up with some of the ideas, but you really made that commitment. You had, I think, one month before, after you moved and before you were jumping into the academic year again to work on your then master's, now PhD. Um, and you were like, that month, we're going to get this, we're going to turn this apartment into a home. You really committed to going from zero to 60 in that place, which was a wise choice that has paid off. Yes, we did not quite accomplish, we certainly didn't accomplish it all in one month, although we did a lot in the first month. Um I would say by like less than three months, two and a half months in, we were we had most of the things up on the walls that we currently do, including the uh, bookcase that we mounted to the wall that is also our desk. Don't tell the building manager. Um, <laughs> but the one thing that I know that we didn't do for uh, what nine months had passed before March was <laughs> mount the blackout shade in the bedroom because that was the thing that we had to do without your help physically here in the apartment, and I had to use the Power Girl for the first time by myself. Right, which we accomplished via Zoom call. I was impressed by that. I was impressed by your being able to do it and my being able to talk you through it. I realized in that moment how much I had been giving you fish instead of teaching you how to fish with a power drill over the few years that we've that, uh, that I've been helping you out with house projects. I guess it hasn't been a few years. It's been basically our whole lives. Basically uh, our whole lives, yes. Our whole lives, you've been managing the power tools for me. Yeah, last season I was talking about design for kids and um, and how you can get kids involved in a painting project. And I'm not sure if I actually talked on the podcast, but I was remembering how much fun you and I had one weekend when I was a teenager and mom and dad had gone away for an overnight or maybe a whole weekend 
leaving us under my supervision and the vague supervision of our very close next door neighbors. And mom got us the paint, but she left us to paint your bedroom. Yep, it was blue on the bottom half, white on the top half with a strip of wallpaper running on the middle. And we turned it to, I think the walls were just green, actually. It was three different colors of green and sort of uh, modern stripe patterns that were a little bit asymmetrical. Yes. Um, terms of their distribution and it turned out really well I, I honestly i don't think i've taken on a painting project that complicated and it wasn't that complicated but it required a lot of blue know, tape taking stripes and making sure the lines were straight um since then and so I, i'm really excited about getting the opportunity to live somewhere and paint the walls maybe a little bit more um avant-garde way yeah you had sent me an instagram link recently for um a designer that does like do-it-yourself murals either on the exterior but I'll probably think more on the interior of your home she like gives you the like she designs it and gives you the instructions to like paint these like rainbow patterns or I mean a whole variety of things but like really interesting colors and shapes and I am gonna maybe do some convincing for Kevin but it is my goal to put some of that on my walls. That's great. Yeah. And I saw that account. I think it's Banyan Bridges, Banyan Bridges. Um, I'll link to it in the show notes. I saw that account and thought of it as inspiration. I didn't even realize that she sold the information you needed to do that for yourself. So clearly you went one step further. You thought that's not just that's pretty, but how do I have that? And the answer is she will help you have that. Mm-hmm. That's very exciting. It's been really fun to think about too. Uh, thinking about a house that we would want to remodel, we can start to get into some of those like early soul searching questions of like what's important to us about our house. Like, what do we want our home to feel like? And that that is also helping a lot with the looking process because you know, again, we're thinking about the things that we can change, but we also want um, to be starting from a place where we can build that feeling of home that we're looking for. I think I sent you a couple of weeks ago access to the first module of my course, some of which deals with exploring the house you are in right now, and those lessons are less relevant to you, but some of which are more about soul searching and about couples communication um, to find out what are your dream features, what are your deal breakers, what does the concept of home mean to you? I am curious what came out of that process, what that felt like for you. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Kevin and I are both introverts, and so for us, home is going to be a place that we want to kind of, like, feel like we can retreat to and recharge. Um, It was an interesting exercise, too, thinking about the things that we've liked about either, you know, past apartments, but also certainly past homes that we've lived in, Um, and realizing that, like, for me, a lot of the things are less about, like, what is the countertop like and what do the cabinets look like per se, which I'm sure I'll care about more when I'm actually in control of those things, but it has a lot to do with like, what are the views out of the windows? How do I interact with the space? Um, And how does one room flow to the next or how does one room feel private from another? What are the ways that you can kind of um, share space or uh, share space, but also have a sense of getting away? And then how does it all flow to the outdoors. I mean, I think one of the things that is really becoming uh, more and more important to me with feeling kind of cooped up from the stay-at-home orders and the COVID-19 pandemic is just, you know, what do I get to see when I look out my window and what do I get to do when I walk out my door? And that feels really important to me when I think about 
what home will feel like. Right. And especially, I mean, for you, that's certainly true. I think for Kevin, that's equally or maybe more so true. He's recently developed a growing interest in birding. And you guys have to pop in the car and drive away into the countryside on Sundays to get some really good birding in. But on the other hand, you can also sometimes come over and sit at a social distance from me on my patio and see birds in my backyard. I am lazy and do not feed my birds, but all of my surrounding neighbors do. So there's some pretty good bird sighting possibilities here. And I think for Kevin, having the ability to throw a feeder outside a window and encourage some local bird life will be a giant benefit. You don't necessarily need to own a home to do that, but you kind of need to live in a house. Or at least you don't need to li- you need to live not in the kind of um smooth-walled you can't get access to the outside of an apartment building that you currently live in. That's I'm just recalling we had a bird feeder that we semi-legally hung up outside the window <laughs> in our Chicago apartment off of a fire escape. A lot of the things we did to our past apartments or my past apartments have been what one might describe as semi-legal or semi-within the bounds of the lease agreement. Um, but all made it nicer. All made it nicer. Last before this one, a lot of the things that we did to it, they asked us to leave and they they even gave me a little bit of, not a ton, but like $100 or something for the improvements that we'd made to the apartment. So that felt good. That re- that honestly really surprised me. It was a fun thing. We actually added a little bit of crown molding or a very simple modernist version of crown molding to your bedroom. Mm-hmm. And I expected them, A, to make us take that down, and B, to be kind of annoyed that we did it, and they paid you money for it. So, design for the win. Design for the win, yeah. We talked about having this uh, conversation last week before you had talked to realtors, but now you've just talked to realtors. I would still describe you as being in the super into Zillow phase, though. Yeah, I would say we're in phase zero, which is we have not been pre-approved for a loan, so no house we look at right now is the house that we're going to buy. But it is a step up, I think, from phase negative one, where we were just looking at Zillow, (laughs) completely without the intention of ever buying these houses, but as a recreational game, for lack of better things to do with our time right now. (laughs) As a very low engagement level video game? Yes. Each of those phases has some value, and particularly, you know, if you're using it in a way to think about what you're drawn to, what you're not drawn to, and to try to test your boundaries of... I think some people are looking for a house that's done. Turnkey, move in, set your furniture on the floor, maybe paint a wall, call it good. But I think that you guys are looking for a slightly higher degree of difficulty in terms of visibly undesirable characteristics in the house that actually, to you, make it more attractive because you know you're going to change that anyway. It's an interesting exercise in sort of learning to see a remodelable house as opposed to a house that has problems that will be hard to remodel. Mm-hmm. Well, there are things that you can't fix about a house, like where it's located, you know, mm-hmm. how old are the trees in the backyard, like you can't make a newly planted tree be a shady oak overnight. Um, and so there are certain things, like how, how walkable is the neighborhood, um, how good is the public transit, those are things that are not as easy to fix or control as, say, like, what's the layout of the kitchen? Right. Yeah, this is, I think for me... As an architect, the interesting thing is to have someone find a house that they that's in a place that they can love, that has some features that they can love, and then I'll help them turn that house 
into their dream home. Hopefully your house into your dream home. Part of the difference between phase negative one and phase zero is now I'm actively thinking about remodeling homes that, again, I won't own, but it's helping me think more uh, specifically through the process of what the remodel would be or what my remodel goals are. Yeah, we were talking about a house last week that had some serious potential not to be your house, but to be a house that could be, that is like what could be your house. Right. I think my attitude on Zillow has shifted from just looking at listings and exploring pictures and more starting to really go through a thought exercise. Like, what would I change about this place that, again, you know, based on the way the housing market is now, like, I won't own this home because it's available now and I don't have a mortgage. But, uh, like, what would I do to this house and what what's the kind of work that I want to do? What are the things that are important to me when I think about changing a house? Yeah. And I think that's really valuable because to a certain extent, you pick a house when you're when you're buying to remodel, you pick a house for its features, but also for its flaws. Right. There was the house that we were looking at last week where I had a ton of questions for you of like, is it possible and or um, sensible to like move that wall or change that window? Uh, And we were talking to a lot of the details on that, which was fun, but also just, I think, helpful to sort of put me in perspective too of when I'm looking at houses, what are, what are realistic things to change and what would be either not feasible or very expensive things. to. If you're a total lay person in terms of design, you might not be able to visualize all the things that are fixable in a house with design, but you can always ask for assistance with that from me or from a talented friend or from another professional, but choosing the location of the house, that is something that is harder to adjust after the fact. And so finding a house in a neighborhood and a community um, with connections to transit, walkability, bikeability, those are things that are very important to pay attention to um, and are kind of a 50-50 thing in mid-century neighborhoods. Some are way better than others. So I would say definitely for my mid-century fans out there, pay attention to where the house you fall in love with is. Um, because while you can, in America, we can fix anything with a car, do you want to? Is that is that the solution that you want to take? It's funny that you say it's 50-50 because last weekend, Kevin and I were biking around some of the neighborhoods near my clinic that we are looking at. And of the four neighborhoods we biked through, two had sidewalks and were pretty close to bus lines and two had no sidewalks. Um, maybe a bus line that went through, but not as regularly. And it was very clear, you know, which ones are a place that you get to by car and which ones are a place that you could have the option even of getting to by some other means. Mm-hmm. I think as modern mid-century lovers, it definitely behooves us to pay attention to that, to think about the social justice of our housing choices, and also to think about our own lifestyle implications of how much we're going to be reliant on our cars and how much we're going to have access to the community features that we love around us when we pick a house. Because you can make any mid-century ranch your forever home. I pretty much believe that that's universally true, but you'll be much more inclined to do that if it's in a place where you want to stay forever. Yeah, absolutely. Now you're really starting to toe on the my area of expertise, which is studying how neighborhoods influence health and health outcomes, access to health and health equity. And it is just such an important feature to consider. So it's something that I am thinking about. Kevin and I are thinking about a lot as we think about this big decision of buying our first home, which is definitely overwhelming and scary and super fun and made all that more, it feels much more feasible because we have the wonderful advice of my big sister who happens to be a wonderful architect. 
Aw, that's so sweet. So I hope you enjoyed this chat. By the way, if you heard us talking about the Ready to Remodel course and wished you could sign up, it's not open right now, but should reopen again this fall. So put your name on the waitlist by going to midmod-midwest.com waitlist. You can find a link also at midmod-midwest.com where you can grab the links to the things we mentioned in the episode and get a little overview. You can always help new listeners find the show by adding a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. So long for now, Mid-Mod Remodelers. I'll have more house hunting advice for mid-century lovers next week.